Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan and Bruce Backman here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And it is January 2nd, 2020, as in 2020. And uh, we enter a new year, a new year of politics, and a big year of politics. Uh, that is a presidential election. It's hard to believe that uh, 2016 was four years ago. We're in the throes of that. And uh, we are really just coasting along, you know, boringly, you know, nothing going on with the uh, um, with the presidential race. Uh, Iowa is almost upon us. We have a very unsettled Democratic field. You have Mike Bloomberg lurking out there, kind of outside a little bit of the Democratic field, and we know how Bruce feels about him. And then we have the president uh, potentially going uh, through an impeachment trial, although it's unclear as to when that's going to happen. And that will take uh, several of the presidential hopefuls out of commission. Uh, so there's just a lot going on. And by November of next of this coming year, uh, we will have uh, potentially a we will have a presidential election. We don't know what's going to happen at all. At the same time, we also have in Israel going to be uh, election number three on March 2nd of 2020. That's coming along. And uh, wow, it's just so much going on. But I cannot and we could not continue uh, without acknowledging or actually even talking about and having a brief discussion of what happened in Rockland County over Hanukkah, what happened in Muncie, um, in Rabbi Rottenberg's shul, actually in his house technically, where a, let's hope that he was a deranged person. Um, yes, at, Crown Heights. Supposedly. I, I don't know exactly. The uh, I saw the New York Post this idea that he was a Shabbos guy, but uh, nobody seems to remember him. Uh, you know, I, who knows? It's come, this stuff coming from his parents. But let's just, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, and just kind of what happened. Uh, at the same time, yesterday was the Siam Ashas and 100,000 or 90,000 and then another 20,000, the Barclays and around the country, uh, literally hundreds of thousands of Jews coming together to... Uh, mark the completion of the Dafyomi, and it was just a, an incredible sight to see. Obviously, heavy, heavy security out there. Uh, New York, I'm sorry, the New York, the New Jersey uh, State Police and uh, all the officials did an incredible job pulling it off. I think uh, we can all acknowledge that it went off really without a hitch, and the safety was uh, was incredible. And there was clearly a tremendous amount of work that went into it. So kudos to Aguda Israel of America, or the just the Aguda just for putting together and the Askanim who did that. And it's a, it, it's really an incredible moment of Torah, an incredible tribute to the to the to our to our people and our uh, fealty to uh, to Hashem. And not to get too mushy and religious about it, but uh, the juxtaposition, I think, of what we, how we began the week, and we're still in the middle of the week. We began the week with the uh, with the attack in Muncie, and all that goes along with it, and uh, and then in the middle of the week have this incredible kiddush Hashem. Uh, I think is is definitely noteworthy. Um, the one thing before I turn over to Bruce for some comments, and he's uh, chiming at the bit here, um, that <coughs> the one thing particularly as a as somebody who has worked in Rockland County and has followed Rockland County for politics for so long, it took something like this, a deranged, machete-wielding person to break into a Rove's home and slash people, uh, one, you know, some two of whom I think are in very... One is very, very serious condition. It may never recover. At two... 
get certain politicians in Rockland County to even acknowledge the existence of the Hasidic community. I mean, for I will tell you, and this is an absolute truth, that there are politicians in Rockland County who represent sizable, very sizable Orthodox Jewish areas who will never or until now would not be willing to be in a picture with Hasidic Jews or with Orthodox Jews, with anybody. They don't really dis- distinguish and differentiate. I will tell you this. They don't want to... They, they look at the, the firm community as the block. They don't want to have anything to do with them. They campaign against them. The, they they uh, spew hateful rhetoric, and they acknowledge, and they and they condone hateful rhetoric about, about them. And I think that it's time for all... High time for everybody to kind of come to the realization that rhetoric breeds violence and breeds people who are deranged to think that somehow the Jews are responsible for all their problems and for everything that goes on. And this is an old fashioned type of anti-Semitism and they couch it. And which is so, which has been so awful. And I've seen the campaign literature and I've seen the posts on social media and I've seen it firsthand. I've been on the front lines of it. They couch it in this idea of overdevelopment and the Jews. And we talked about this video from a couple months ago that the Republican Party, this disgusting, distasteful video that the Republican Party put out in Rockland County about the Jews taking over and they must invasion be stopped. The, the, was it called the invasion? The, was it called the invasion? Yeah, well, it wasn't the invasion. Right. It's, it, it, the idea was that if the... If the Jews aren't stopped in Ramapo, they're going to take over the other four towns in Rockland County, and that's uh, and that's the idea. And it had so much, so many hallmarks of uh, of a Goebbels video from the 30s. And uh, look, I, I don't want to draw a clear, non dotted line here, but people have to acknowledge that words have consequences. Words have meaning. You and believe the, that, and the rhetoric this has guy meaning. Who went with the machete was a consequence of the Rockland County. GOP um, extremes? No, I'm not. I'm not talking about that a direct. I don't think he was necessarily inspired by that video. What I'm saying is, the idea that I don't know if the, the rhetoric, idea that Jews are other. I don't know if that's the rhetoric that led to this. I think there's a lot more to it. Um, I have disagree. I don't agree with you at all. I, I think that we're always saying that Trump's rhetoric is the cause of everybody in the country. I, I didn't people, say. I didn't say that at all. Take actions in their own responsibility. I think the, the Rockland County GOP is one thing. This guy's no member of the Rockland County GOP. I think the climate of otherness. I think the climate of demonizing the the from community, which has been going on for several years, for quite a few years. Let's talk about the other issue: the fact that you have members I think- of the Nation of Islam. You have members of the far left black community in the city of New York and the state of New York I was just, who have extreme absolutely. positions against Jewish people. And let's make that the focus. You know the reason why this doesn't get the criticism it deserves? Because the perpetrator was black and he wasn't a white supremacist. And everybody, it doesn't fit the narrative that the mainstream media and the New York Times and Bill de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo and all their friends want. Okay, There's so a problem. I'm from Crown Heights. Precisely. I lived in Crown Heights for eight years. It's a dangerous place. There's My wife wouldn't go out at night. Precisely. So let so nothing let, to do with Donald Trump. So let me finish the thought for a second. I wasn't saying this has anything know, to do with Donald I, Trump. I, 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 I think I think the the clear here is that when you watch a video of a woman on the subway accosting a Lubavitcher man, saying that the the Jews are responsible for evicting my people and for raising the not rent. to do and 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 the guy says and the guy and the guy says I don't own any property here. 
And he says, I'm not, I don't even own a house. Why are you buying? He says, but your people, your people, that idea of your people, this great Jewish conspiracy, it's a symptom of the far right. It's a symptom of the far left. And I was just about to get to Mayor de Blasio. It is an outrage that when they ask, ask the mayor of the city of New York, what is responsible for this? He says, let's turn to Washington. It is this, it's his the biggest blindness, rock in town. His, it's been perfect. Crown Heights is the greatest recipient in all the five boroughs of attacks against Jewish people for years. Correct. For years. Correct. Crown and, Heights is a dangerous place to walk in the street at night if you leave the four or five core blocks of the neighborhood and everybody had to move out of there because it got too expensive and they wanted places to live. Crown Heights is a dangerous neighborhood. Is it to say that it's dangerous that you shouldn't live there? No, but you have, and, and it's not Donald Trump and it's not Republican rhetoric and it's not the Ku Klux Klan. But who it is and who's doing it, if you say it out loud, you're not politically correct, it doesn't fit the narrative, and nobody wants to talk about it. I lived there. My wife would not walk in the street at night. There was a knockout game outside of my apartment when I lived there, and they had police presences there 24 hours a day because there was always a good chance that you could be the one who was chosen for the knockout game, and they would literally throw you to the ground, kick you in the face, stomp on your head. And the amazing thing, for nothing. And the amazing thing is that after Jersey City... And after what Jersey ha- City's the same. And after what's happening, it's not Donald Trump. And after what's happening in Muncie, the mayor of I'm Jersey not, City's a Jewish guy. He refused to acknowledge I'm not sure, the presence. Of I'm it. not sure why you keep connecting this to the president when I didn't even say his name. I know. But so, so let's. I said that Bill De Blasio, who has stuck his head, has it. stuck his head in the sand on so many issues. Continues to stick his hand about the idea, the prevalence of anti-Semitism on the, in in certain minority communities and on the left, and he doesn't even want to acknowledge it. And it's a sad state of affairs when that happens. But to put it to just go back to Rockland for a second, you're you're talking about. I mean, the county executive Ed Day. I will call him out. Okay, the county executive Ed Day. Number one in his statement initially doesn't even mention the fact that the victims were Jews. Then he doesn't go to the rabbi's home, even though everybody else did. Every, everybody else did. And finally goes a couple days later after he's called out in a forum with the, with the AG, um, Tish, uh, Tish James. I think that – I'm sorry, not with Tish James, with, uh, with Christian Gillibrand, um, Senator Christian Gillibrand. We, now that's another issue of multiple forums. Whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But the fact is that he wouldn't go there. And so many politicians, including Democrats like Ken Zabrowski and Ellen Jaffe and some and, – and The mayor of Jersey City. Won't ever be seen, won't ever be seen in pictures with, Hasid, with Hasidic Jews. They will never want to be seen in, in, in those pictures. And that is a sim, – sim, that is symbolic. Can you imagine if you had politicians that said, "Oh, I don't take pictures with. I won't take pictures with Asians. I won't take pictures with Latinos. I won't take pictures. I won't go to their events. I won't go to. I won't go to pictures with African Americans." But somehow it's okay if you don't take pictures. You don't want to be in associated with Orthodox Jews. It's just an incredible thing. And you actually have sitting politicians of people in the Rockland County Legislature. Who have said things like the Orthodox are having too many babies, or they have said ridiculous, <laughs> insane things of the normal Jews. Okay, normal Jews are those that don't wear yarmulkes, that are not religious, that somehow these are normal and abnormal. And that is something that's happened, I think, in politics, and it's particular to what's going on in Rockland County. In a in in a big way. I'm when not saying it's the not the last time you don't a member of the Rockland County 
GOP or any of those people from the Clarkstown activists who are scared of Ramapo encroachment went with a machete to anybody's house. When was the last time they took a gun and shot somebody? I mean, let's be realistic. We know where this is coming from. Everybody knows where it's coming from. Let's put it at his feet. Louis Farrakhan and all his friends and all his supporters and Linda Sarsour and her and her speech and, and a significant portion of the New York State Democratic Party in their far left lurches. This is where it's from. It's not the Republican Party in Rockland County has a lot of chuva, for lack of better word, to do on this issue. But the violence isn't coming from there. It never has. It never has, not to my knowledge. Maybe you know something I don't know. I don't think that I don't think it should not take a massacre. It should not take a massacre yes, but sometime of people in a shul to get some awareness that the demonization of the Orthodox community needs to stop. That is my that is my I point here. You. And I think it's absolutely Amazing that in 2019, in 2019, the idea that we w w could and would demonize a entire group of people uh, is is just somehow it's it's only been acceptable. It's even acceptable in certain quarters, in certain areas, only when it comes to the from community. And that needs to stop. That's that's the point I was getting getting to. Understood. And even on and even in some quarters, you know, the idea is, oh, this guy is mentally ill. It's all about mental illness. It's got nothing to do with a climate of anti semitism. He's entirely mentally well, I mean, ill. His Jewish okay. lawyer Sussman he, came he up picked, with that one. He picked. He picked. He didn't have to take that case. He didn't have to take that case. He didn't have to. He could have refused. He's. The, I, I believe he's the same guy who's doing the vaccination case. He likes to take, you know, very far, whatever. Maybe out he there wants people. to run for attorney general of something. Who knows? All right. Well, Bruce he didn't have to take that case. That's my wife. I'm like, maybe they made him take it. My wife's an attorney. She says, no, they didn't. There's no such thing. Hopefully, in 2020, we will come to a climate that uh, that this will. Hopefully, this will be a catalyst for change in Rockland, in Orange, elsewhere in the Hudson Valley, and even in New York City, uh, where people will realize that you can't that the idea of demonizing uh, that anti-Semitism is there. It's it's probably it needs to be called out. We cannot just remain silent when it happens. Agreed. I mean, I feel that this is something that will. I feel this is something that will make people think twice um, in politics. Maybe now they'll be more careful with their words. I think they realize that, that, that there are consequences and there are societal pressures that are going to force us to take a step back and try to work on our language with these things. But the reality is that this particular gentleman is responsible for his actions. Nobody made him do it. He did it on his own, mental illness or otherwise. He's responsible for his action. He should pay consequences, whatever the legal system is able to, to give him accordingly. And I just as we just wrap up this little piece here and move on to our 2020 uh, predictions or 2019 uh, review, I, I do want to give some credit to Sheriff Louis Falco of Rockland, who's a Democrat, who, in the presence of Governor Cuomo mm -hmm. in a press conference, decided to call out the Albanese outrageous, quote-unquote, bail reform, where literally criminals are being let out. Judges have no discretion as far as keeping people who might be a danger to society. <coughs> Excuse me. 
as far as keep, they they cannot keep them in jail. They gotta they have to free them, and we now see the consequences of that with a repeat offender going on in Brooklyn. Uh, a woman has now been arrested three times in one week, including for some anti-Semitic attacks and violent and behavior. Violent behavior, right? Well, actually, you actually have to strike somebody. You can't even attempt to strike somebody, and then if you actually strike somebody and hurt them, then you can be remanded. Then and you the can be put in jail. Tickets? It's just unbelievable. Don't forget the baseball. It's unbelievable. What's don't going. forget the baseball tickets. That, they're well, going to give you baseball order, tickets to, in to order to PM show up. So this That's is actually, amazing. and even the gen- you know the city of e- New- even the gentleman who this uh, guy, what's his name, uh, uh, Grafton, was also let out in a um, over the summer. So um, well, that was a good move. <laughs> that was a great move for the state of New York. I have a question. The state of New York is reducing population. It's losing congressional seats. The state of California, for the first time in its history, is losing population and losing congressional seats. Both of these places are run by crazy, far-left, liberal ideologues. And all the votes, all the, all the new congressional seats are going to Sunbelt areas. Why is that? Why are people leaving the two greatest states in the United States to go to other places? Because they can't afford to live here. And it's not just The lunatics that. have taken over. My sister lives in Phoenix. She, my brother-in-law is a, is, a real, is a broker. He says the onslaught of people from California who are not just leaving for finances is in, extraordinary. Poverty, homelessness, government regulations, restrictions on running a business. People want to feel safe. People don't just want to feel safe. People want to be free. Right. I hear to that. To a certain degree. And they're leaving I California hear. for the first time in its history as a congressional seat. This bail reform thing is an absolute disaster. And if you don't realize what's going on out there. But it's the happening in California with the homeless. You, it's happening if you in don't California, rea- too. If you don't realize what's Similar going things. on out there, it's time to wake up. It's time for you to act, get active. It's time for you to vote. you got to start thinking of the consequences of not participating in the political process. It is crazy to let criminals out there to menace law-abiding citizens. And that's what's going on in New York, that hundreds and hundreds are being let out of the jails, even though they might pose a threat to society. Okay, Bruce, yeah. 2019. Any, uh, any big surprises of the political year from your perspective? The biggest surprise on the left is the resilience of Joe Biden. Joe Biden has not dropped off in the polls. He's managed to keep his position through the whole year. Does this mean he'll keep it through Iowa and New Hampshire? I don't know. But the fact that with the onslaught and the criticism and the fumbles, and he just manages to stay in. And Hunter. What's the most with this Hunter Biden? Fumbles on stage, misquoting, misstatements, looking decrepit. You know, he's just managing to hang around. And I think that's the surprise on the left. And then I think this, I think the surprise on the right is, and I think this is me calling something early on, um, is that I think. I never thought the Republicans would have a chance to win back the House, despite the situation they're in. And I think they're going into 2020 with a better than, I'd say, at very least, a 40-50% chance they could do that too. So I think those are the two big surprises. Is everybody thought this would be the end of Trump, impeachment would end, and some new young blood, far-left ideologue would come up and like harness the Democratic Party and take it forward. And it seems like the election is pretty much is becoming quite predictable in some respects. It's going to be Trump probably versus Biden despite what everybody says. And and I think that's going to be an interesting race. It'll be down to the wire, and I think Trump just pulls it out. But it's very competitive. So that's my thing of the year. I thought Biden would have disappeared by now. I and think the 
I think everybody. The unse- I think the unsettled nature of the Democratic field is something I would have expected. Although it's not so unsettled. I think what you have right now is, you know, Elizabeth Warren kind of peaked, and it's kind of. But my my big surprise is Pete Buttigieg. I mean, yeah. I don't see. I don't. I mean, I don't know whether he has the staying power. I don't know where he comes. But where does this guy come from? Mayor of a tiny city. Who doesn't apparently doesn't have such an amazing track record there? I mean, no, nobody really knows, and he has rocketed to top tier to be a top tier candidate. He has raised a ridiculous amount of money. It's kind of funny. I mean, maybe he he's, Gary Hart. Maybe he's Howard Dean. Okay, you're going to say Gary Hart. I'll say Howard Dean. Yeah. I don't know exactly, except I guess he's running to the middle. I mean, this guy comes out of nowhere. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't. But head to head with Biden, he can't beat. Him. I, I. I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, the question becomes: is you know, there's a battle, obviously, as there was An for African the for the soul for the soul of the Republican Party. You know, there's obviously a battle right now for there's the soul. No battle for the soul of the Republican Party. Soul of the Democratic. So the no, no, no. There was a battle for Trump the. Won. There was a battle. As he always should. And there won. was a battle. It's no longer going on. The real. My real surprise is, as I said, people to judge, and who would have thought that the. Uh, minority candidates out there, Kamala Harris uh, out, obviously, already. Cory Booker not really gaining much of any traction, although we'll see. Um, Julian Castro. I mean, you would think that on paper, a lot of these, some of these candidates, somebody would have broken through. And it really hasn't happened. And the Democratic Party is looking at, you know, candidates who are... Over seventy and uh, a bunch of white candidates over seventy. I mean, Sanders, that doesn't seem to be the way he was going. What the, a, the old white it was going to go? Prevail. I mean, it's probably going to be Sanders and Biden down the wire. And if if I had to put money on it right now, and you know, Biden's a very. I mean, the Mike Bloomberg thing is is a, to me is an afterthought. I mean, I just don't see him breaking through. I I don't know how you get elected with stop stop and frisk. Uh, being on your record today in the Democratic Party, I just think that when push comes to shove, it's the it's the, it's. He's going to have to come up with one hell of a way to tangle his way to that. Well, we shall see in the, as to where once things finally start. And I people, think there's another big people story actually start voting. Please, the other big story of the year is the economy. People have been waiting and the waiting, resilience, the uh, same waiting resilience, and waiting for the Trump economy to fail. And we're learning something about Donald Trump, which I mean, people ha- he's got to start to get credit for. Donald Trump has one hell of an understanding of economics. You may not like his tariffs. You may not like his trade war, but it hasn't hurt the United States economy one drop. There's the greatest wage increase at the lower end of the economic spectrum in this country in decades. People who were earning $8 an hour, the New York Times mocks it, are now earning 12 Well, you know what? The New York Times, where everybody's overpaid and does nothing, that's, and they live in the city, so it makes no sense to them. But in parts of this country where it's been impossible to break away from the minimum wage, where labor has been is, labor is becoming scarce. There are jobs in places people said there could never be jobs again. There are people doing things they said those jobs would never return. I'm not saying they're returning 100%, but Trump and you know Peter Navarro takes credit for this too. This unorthodox way of doing economics in the 21st century, which goes against all the smart people and the eggheads, you know, Trump Trump has to get credit on this. This was pretty radical for the Republican Party to embrace. And you know, now, of course, because he's a Republican, it's a strong economy, so they're trying to tell everybody it's the 1920s all over again, and there's going to be a Great Depression, and who knows, maybe there could or there couldn't. But today, where people are standing, you got to give them credit. No question. It's, it's 
I think the resilience of that has been definitely a big story of 2019. Um, I think the, the S&P 500 went up 30% this the, year. The one thing I think that he has gotten, and, and you know, this has, sort of bought. this has been a little bit, um, well, you know, we might be headed there and nobody wishes for is, you know, he has managed to avoid the foreign policy crisis. Uh, the fact is that really there's a problem in Tehran now. He has a he has a problem with Iran right now. Um, I don't think that you know the United States turning tail and exiting Iraq in a big way and uh, so is is I think you know the same kind of similar way to the chaotic uh, situation in Syria. Um, that doesn't augur well, and we'll have to see how he handles that as far as that. But the North Korea thing right now is, it seems to be poised to create uh, some serious problems in 2020. But as far as what you said about the house, um, I wonder if it's actually, I think the Republicans can gain seats. I think they can certainly gain some of the seats back that the, I think there's no question they're going to gain some. I think they're going to, I think it's how many, correct. I think the number of retirements, however, um, and the number of Republicans just you know hanging up their hanging up their cleats and deciding to you know to walk away kind of points to an idea that most Republicans, at least the insiders, and um, are thinking that it's not going to happen. Um, I think that I don't see that anymore. I did see that for a long time, but I think this impeachment, based on how Nancy Pelosi's been handling it, I think Nancy Pelosi is a brilliant politician and a brilliant stra- stra- um she has a phenomenal strategic mind for politics. You can't take it away from her. But even the even even the New England Patriots sometimes lose. Uh, I think, although I rarely, think, although rarely, but sometimes, right? And it's I, not, I, even the Russian hockey team loses sometimes <laughs> to the American hockey team. I think, that, I think she, I think she overplayed her hand with impeachment, and now she's stuck with a hot potato, and she doesn't know what to do with it because she can't really send it to the house, to the Senate, because then the Republicans have all the power in the world. I don't care what Chuck Schumer says, and if they want to subpoena Joe Biden and they want to subpoena Hunter Biden, there's going to be very little to stop them. I, I don't know where and that, I, and I don't and know where that like gets. She rigged the rules in the House. They're going to rig the rules in the Senate. Yeah, that, I I don't have I don't have an issue with so that. So Pelosi I, I, has something she's not to do with. I don't think the I don't think the whole impeachment thing has been. It's been a waste of everyone's time. Well, I don't I don't disagree. And I think that a lot of people in those swing districts are going to have to explain why they do it. I don't. Dis- Trump is popular in a lot of these. Places. I don't disagree with that. I think that what surprises me actually is how steady the numbers have held on it. Um, I'm surprised as well as the sizable, and who knows what the polling really is, but the sizable number of Republicans who are supportive of it, uh, which is much more, uh, it's, it's much decreased. more than I, much more than I would, but still much more than I would have thought. Um, that is surprising. I think overall, my big takeaway from Nancy Pelosi is how much she's been able to hold her conference together, much more, and deliver on key votes on important votes and you know i think that she um managed to deliver for her conference and i think senator mcconnell's held his conference together just fine too for most issues. uh yeah except on some of the big things the senate has I been mean, eventually had, lisa murkowski will retire much like her corrupt father and they'll get rid of her in alaska 
Sarah uh, Palin will primary her. I don't know. But I, the last time around, it didn't work too well for the Tea Party. The Murkowski name is pretty well. And remember, she is the only senator in history to have won as a write-in candidate. I know. Um, in the history of the United States, her which time is quite remarkable. Come. Okay. It, it may. It may not. It's um, not because I don't she's think, a moderate. I don't think Mitch McConnell wants to. It's because she comes from I, a very corrupt I don't think, background. I don't her think father Mitch, was a corrupt politician. I know. It's she's fun, not holy. It's funny when we when we always want to point to uh, to that, you know, it's always the the corruption card, but I don't. I, it's it, not the corruption card. Look who they are. Find it, out a little more about them. It's not. I, I'm not disagreeing about that. I think that you, you, you're going to have a situation potentially in the Senate, and some of them will be saying, "Mom." Although uh, Susan Collins yesterday gave an interview, the problem is Mitch McConnell needs these votes, and he also can't afford to lose, you know, the seats if the votes go south. It, it's a very I think Mitch McConnell's got to be happy right now with the situation of not there's getting no question of not he, getting the impeachment, no question not having to is. deal with it yet. And uh, okay, but it's the last thing he's ever going to have to deal with. We got to talk about we got to talk about Israel elections. Uh, uh, redo, redo. Uh, number three, BB wins a big primary against Gideon Saar, seventy-two percent. Um, not a big, obviously, not a pr- huge percentage of the electorate of of Israel overall. Um, I don't know where I don't know where you go from here because based on polling, it's pretty clear that there's going to have to be the same deadlock uh, once again. And I guess if someone will appear, what happens with the smaller parties? But uh, the question is not who gets elected and who is it. Is question is can they form a government after the third try? And your prediction is my prediction is is BB remains prime minister, come by hook or by crook, he figures it out. I mean, it, all these elections that go on, BB still gets to be prime minister. Right. So by hook I, or by I, crook, BB figures it out. I mean, I don't know. I mean, BB I, is I probably think the finest political mind in the world today I, of any right. state. My last and point BB is BB, BB, you know, when they say BB Melech Israel, it, it's not so off. No, I agree. But the, my last, I guess, my last point here would be the idea that as as we close up is that I think he, I think once again will end in the same stalemate. I think he asked him asking the. Knesset for immunity from his charges. Um, perhaps that'll run rub a lot. That apparently has rubs some voters on the right the wrong way, and we'll see. You know that potentially could be something that galvanizes the anti bb forces to uh, to to take him out. Uh, maybe that was a strategic yeah, a mistake catch. on his part. There's a big catch. If there's a war going on somewhere and Tehran starts to flare up in Iraq. It's going to be a massive run to rally to BB because uh, in for the sure. time of war, no one's going to want that, to put That's true. And that's it for this week here charge. on Spin Class here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Joseph. <laughs> See you next week.